You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello and welcome back to the Oz Network. Uh, we are continuing to cover the Amazing Race Canada uh, as we are on to episode two now. That's right, we managed to do two back-to-back episodes of the Amazing Race. That's already more than we've gotten up of season 29 of U.S. Amazing Race, so congratulations for us on the Oz Network. Uh, we are here to talk about episode two of season five. Episode title is, You've Gotta Leave My Hose Alone, Dude. <laughs> Which, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of quotes in this episode, but I am joined once again, as I was last week, by the uh, spokesman slash president of the Team Giver Fan Club, Anthony Rossi. Thank you for coming back, talking two weeks in a row about a country you don't even live in. I'm surprised I'm back, considering the fact that they keep mentioning this BMO MasterCard. <laughs> yeah, we're not really fans of the product placement, but hey, I think they're doing a decent job with the product placement this time. Uh, our goal is to outdo them on pro- cheesy product placement on this show, so I'm sure we'll come up with somebody to sponsor us before the end of this episode. Uh, but we talked, I guess, last week about maybe a disappointing premiere, not that much going on, uh, cast seemed just okay. Uh, what are your feelings now that we're two episodes in? Any changes from last week to now? It's gotten better. Um, I don't think it's quite reached peak tar or tar Canada. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's getting there. Like I said on the last episode, there's only one way to go, and that's up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really thrilled with the first episode. I think I was kinder to the episode uh, when we recorded it than I was after we finished recording it. Like, as it ended, I'm like, oh, I think maybe I was a little bit too kind on that episode because it really was quite disappointing. I mean, you know, I already talked about my disappointment of not seeing enough Gassy Jack in the episode, but... um, (laughs) This one was an improvement. I think the race was a bit of an improvement this time. The challenges were slightly better. Uh, Definitely the cast stuck out more to me on this episode. I think coming off of the first episode, there were maybe only two teams that I was even slightly interested in, maybe only one that I was really enjoying. And after this one, I think there's at least a handful of teams that I really love already. And only two that I'm not really sure on still. Nobody that I absolutely hate. So uh, how about overall for the cast? Are you getting any uh, better vibes off some of the teams this week that you weren't quite into last week? Um, We definitely learned a lot more this time around about them and stuff. But I don't don't know if it's been dramatic enough of an interest in some teams. Like, Like last episode, we were saying that Corey and Ivana... And Sam and Paul were the two main invisible ones, I feel. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we agreed on. Yeah. And we only really learned about Corey and Ivana this time. So, like, I don't know if we're really making big strides, but it's still an improvement over the the completely half-purple episode of the first. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you brought up those two teams, because I, I did say there's two teams that I'm still indifferent on and really couldn't care less. And it's still those two teams. Like, I don't. I know that they had, at least Ivana had her moment in this episode, uh, with a little bit of her backstory. I, I don't feel that the backstory really connected in this episode. It more or less felt tacked on to me, like, oh, let's just find a way to tell her story. Uh, I thought it was, you know, put in place there to set up that they were the ones eliminated, which obviously they weren't, but it, it kind of made the episode deceptive for me watching it. But uh, I don't I still feel like it's just, as personal trainers, you know, our expertise in this challenge, I don't know how many times I can hear that from them. Sam and Paul, I still just don't get them. I think they had one moment in this. I'd have to check my notes to really find it. There was one moment in the episode where I kind of liked them. But other than that, it's just that they're, they're just not there. I mean, and it's funny because Sam and Paul, if you look at the rankings, this week was a huge difference as far as, like, the teams who were at the top last week. A lot of them crashed and burned. And the ones who were at the bottom last week, a lot of them are really excelling now. Sam and Paul are kind of the only consistents. I mean, this is fourth place last week, third place this week. If you're going week one to week two, they are the most consistent, and yet I still feel like we haven't seen enough from them. Uh, any moments, because we probably won't have any other chance to talk about them in this episode, any moments from Sam and Paul that stood out in this episode, or uh, what do you think we could see of Sam and Paul that we haven't yet? I do think we could get more fights, um, just because they were doing They did have a little bit of a scuffle, if I remember, from the firefighting challenge. Mm-hmm. They were arguing. And I could see it getting, if there was a more intense situation, having a more intense fight. But other than that, I don't know what 
else. I don't see them being one of those like Brooke and Claire kind of teams that's kind of kooky and weird mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, you just brought and up one of my see... all-time favorite teams. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what first came to my mind. Yeah. Um, but I don't see them as being complete Brooke and Scott either. <laughs> well, where we got to sneeze. <laughs> How does that always happen on this show? I swear. I'm not kidding. People who listen to us even before we started the Oz Network know on any of the Amazing Race episodes, my wife will sneeze in the background. She could be like, I don't know, 50 feet away and you hear her sneeze. No exaggeration. I don't think I've ever heard her sneeze if I'm not on the air with something. So uh, let's just get that away. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> continue what you were saying, Rossi, if you're not startled to death. Um, that was pretty shocking. I was not ready for that. Um yeah, but I see them arguing. I, don't, I, don't, I could see that, like, a fight brewing, and then there'd be, like, a point where there are, like, eight teams left and they get seventh or something mm-hmm. like that. I could see that happening. But as of now, they're, they've been solid racers, which means we don't get airtime from them because they've been good. Yeah. I, if they were the top team, we'd be getting more from them. But maybe the problem is that they're, they're not the top team. They're just in the middle, and that's part of the problem. Uh, not that third place is really in the middle, but it seems like at least with the Amazing Race Canada, we get big stories out of the top two teams, we get big stories out of the bottom two teams, and everybody else is lost in the shuffle. Uh, Still a bit of a complaint I had with this episode, but I feel like the teams overall more than made up for it this week. Uh, I think it's funny we mentioned, you know, the the quote at the beginning of the episode that um, uh, Kenneth and Ryan had, the, you've got to leave my hose alone, dude. What I like more in this episode more than anything was that everybody is like a quote machine in this cast. It's not just one person, it's everybody. I've got so many, half of my notes here are just quotes that people had throughout the episode. So uh, definitely a lot more personality this time. As the race started, obviously they were in Vancouver when they checked in last week. This time they're going to Fort McMurray. Uh, I'm interested to get your opinion on this because they did say (laughs) a year ago, May of last year, you know, there was the huge fires uh, in Fort McMurray. You know, a lot of people lost their homes. This was like by far the number one news story for weeks here in Canada. Did this even get mentioned on the news south of the border down there? Um, you're pointing? I'm pointing right now in okay. the general direction that you're in. Um, I can't remember it being talked about. Like, I can't, like, even if it was, I can't specifically remember. But, like, this came to a surprise to me. I was like, never knew about this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> Here a national tragedy. I could care less, Cat. <laughs> I mean, it it was sad and all, but like they they were trying to like rebuild the, like the Canada like the Amazing Race Canada was the savior that was going to come yeah. <laughs> and bring light to the dark situation. It was like they're not going to do anything. They're just going to put out fake fires. Like twenty five hundred people lost their homes. It's okay. We got Karen here. She's going to save the day. <laughs> With, like, these, like, little fires that are meant to go yeah. out on their own. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was... When I when I first saw they were going there, I'm like, oh, great. We're going to get an hour of sob stories. And I'm not, you know, uh, knocking what happened there. It, it obviously was, like, a huge... Like I said, a huge tragedy. Uh, a very um, dramatic story for the better part of the spring and summer last year. But I'm just saying, if I'm watching The Amazing Race and they're going to Fort McMurray, I just don't want one of these episodes where everybody's like, wow... Can you imagine? You know, I, I want to see a good challenge. And I thought the location was great. And they were able to show the location and show, you know, all these trees are burning. Even the guy in the helicopter later on who was like, yeah, that little orange house down there, that was my house. But, you know, when the fire's going on, you can't worry just about your own. They found a good way of incorporating it where it wasn't overly sappy and overly dramatic. It was just more informative, I thought. Maybe that's just me having known some of the backstory. Well, one of the um, – I listened to another podcast that was covering – other reality shows and they were saying that they really don't like seeing a lot of negative discussions not necessarily like arguments but like things that get into the dark areas of life mm-hmm. just because you watch these shows to get away from any of that kind of stuff yeah you don't watch the amazing race canada to learn about the horrors of the <laughs> holocaust or something exactly yeah so like that's like one issue that i guess i have with it is like i'm not here to learn about how canada is rebuilding i'm here to watch Ken and Ryan fish on a lake and someone get bit or something like that's what I'm watching for not the horror the the Serbia connection again I'm not you know 
talking down about uh, the the situation that Ivana had, but am I the only one who... Fe- I always say, I, am I the only one? I'm used to hosting five people when we talk about Amazing Race. I'm not used to two people. <laughs> uh, are you on board that it was felt a little bit tacked on? Not tacked on, I mean, I, I'm okay with people telling their stories on here, but I didn't really see the connection in this episode, what they were talking about. Yeah, that was forced. Yeah, I mean, we we did get some airtime. We're talking about you know uh, the the invisible teams. At least it did give us something this week. Um, so yeah, Fort McMurray. I thought good location. The first thing that John says is that there's three express passes up for grabs. The second he said that, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh great, it's gonna be one of these. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, the problem I have with a lot of these twists, express passes. If you're talking about survivor immunities, is that it it just seems to make one or two people invincible and having three of them out there is more interesting. You know, we saw on past amazing races where you give one away to another person. This brought a whole new twist on it. And when they explained it even more, I loved it even more. Um, basically if people didn't catch in the episode, uh, go back and watch it and then continue the podcast later. But the idea is that in the first challenge, uh, there's going to be three express passes hidden there. You can collect one if you want and move on. Or you can collect two and move on, or you can collect all three. The only catch is that you can only use one and you have to give away the other one. So it made it interesting, almost uh, to me reminded me of like the early days of the Amazing Race when people would go for the fast forward and it really was a risk. Do you want to take this risk and spend more time here? What if you don't find the express passes and then later on you've burnt yourself and you're in last place? So did you like this idea of how they threw, first do you like the idea of three express passes on the race and then did you like how they incorporated it into how the express passes were found? Um, I don't love it as much as you do. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm going back to, I think it was 25, um, when they had that express pass, like, challenge, where you had to, like, elect to go and to this other location to get the pass, Mm -hmm. and then move on with the race, and I feel like putting it in the challenge is, like, making it so easy for the teams like i feel like if you want this like life-saving pass like go and work for it and i feel like in a challenge where you all like someone is compelled to do it unless you take a penalty Mm -hmm. then like you're kind of handing these passes away and i feel like you should work for it considering that it is pretty valuable well what i like about this though is that this was a really hard challenge and you know we could talk about that too that uh when they're on this course, I mean, there were teams that felt like they were there for a day and a half. If you're watching the episode, I was losing track of, I can't believe they're still there. What's going on? So you you have to find three clues on there. It could be anywhere. It's random. And then you add to that the express passes. I mean, you could have had Kenneth and Ryan collect all three express passes. And they're like, well, great. We haven't found any of our clues. How long do we want to stay here? Do we need to use our express pass now? I, I'm not saying that it was the greatest way it worked out in this episode, but I think that the way that they planned this, I could see potential that if, if this had worked out differently, if you had a team who was just looking forever and they found the express passes and then didn't find any of the clues, well, now we have to burn through one of our express passes. It's a complete waste of time. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, but like I feel like, I don't know, it didn't work out because the guys found the two clues first and then it was like, oh, an express pass. And how great and is again, it though? Like, let's, let's talk about the fact that he just announced it. I, I still can't tell the difference, especially when you have all male or all female teams. It takes me a while to learn which one is which. But Kenneth or Ryan, whoever was doing this, was like, I got the express pass. <laughs> second, second express pass, everybody. If you didn't hear, I've got two of them now. <laughs> like, he was just announcing it to everybody. And they're like, oh, I don't know if that was a good idea or not. Um, it worked out in this episode. Again, it's something where I'm, I'm rolling my eyes when he's doing it. But then when you see how the episode plays out later on, it actually did help them. It's just it's just hilarious that he's that excitable. These guys are that hyperactive where he felt he had to announce every single one to the world. I don't know. I was like a little bit shocked. I was like confused at first. Cause I was like, did I imagine that? Or did he actually <laughs> scream that he got the express pass? I was just like, I couldn't believe it. In all fairness, they scream everything they do too. <laughs> They're like, I opened my car door. Uh, the I could see what you were saying last episode about them getting annoying. <laughs> Are they already getting on your nerves a little bit on episode two? 
No, but like I could see it getting worse now that you're talking about them. Yeah, if if their edit uh, keeps up like this, if they're all we see, then yeah, it will get old, I think, eventually. And I'll give the same example I gave last week. If somebody didn't hear it, Justin and Diana, we had the same reaction to them. Like We loved them in the first few episodes. But then after a while, it's like, okay, if we just continue to see only them every week, I think they're going to get old. And they started to mix it up. So, I mean, I'm hoping if they're if they're not, you know, uh, involved in what's going on, obviously we won't see them. But that's part of the problem is that, A, they're such huge personalities. So you are going to show them. I mean, they've gotten the quote for the episode title two weeks in a row. And then, B, if they're finishing near the top and they're involved in these big storylines I find in the Express Passes, they have to show them as well. So I don't think that they really have if – they're, if they're at, like, uh, a nine right now – I don't think there's a way for them to go down to an eight. <laughs> I think that this is basically as tame as we're going to get them going forward. Um, and well, they it, were pretty tame at the end of the episode. Like, it was only at that roadblock and a little bit of the detour where they really kind of, like, full on. Yeah. I think at the end of the episode, when they were, like, out of their comfort zone, they were like, uh, what? And then super quiet and everything. I, I just wanted to hear them go... Kenneth and Ryan, your team number five. Kenneth and Ryan, your team number five. <laughs> if they just did that every week, regardless of the place we're in, that would, that be, would be funny. <laughs> um, other stuff that went on on the the course here, I guess before we even get to the course, Corey and Ivana, I noticed they had the same line. I'm wondering, are, are producers feeding into them? Because Corey and Ivana are leaving uh, just after they get their clue on the way to this obstacle course, and they're saying, Corey and Ivana, your team number one. Is everybody fed this line now? I don't understand. Um, uh, Ebony and uh, what's her name? Um, there's two Andreas. Andrea. On. Yeah, I'm mixing up because there's more than one uh, Andrea here. Ebony and Andrea, when they said, we're never using the P word again in reference to the penalty. I thought that was a good line. Uh, and just the fact that they learned from their mistake too. They've quickly stood out as uh, one of the most entertaining teams to me so far without being too over the top. Like I don't see them getting old, but I also don't see them getting boring. Uh, thoughts on uh, Ebony and Andrea? Are they from the French part of Canada? Because they seem to have like a little bit of an accent on them. Yeah, well, I noticed the accent too. I would assume from the accent they probably are from Quebec. Um, also, there's uh, Megan and Courtney. They have like a very East Coast accent. I'm not sure where they're from. But yeah, they're, it's, it's a very unusual accent that they have. So I'm not sure exactly where they're from. Or maybe if they're... It could be that they're just so used to French that they don't speak English that often. Who knows? Yeah, and it's just one of the things that I just picked up recently. Um, but thoughts on them? They're doing well. I'm p- pleased with where I predicted they would go. So it looks like that I'm on track for them to do well. Um, but they haven't been super standouts. Really? Um, like, they've been impressive. And I've, like, I think that they're good racers in that. But they haven't stood out for me personality-wise too much. Mm-hmm. Um, they've definitely, like, I've like them a lot more and everything because they weren't doing penalties stupidly um but i i only think that my opinion will get better of them as it goes on mm-hmm. um <laughs> ctv I, I like some of your things like which detours you do i'm still struggling to figure out why they do this the roadblock would you do this 97 percent said yes you're not gonna put one of these up where people say no stop using that as one of your polls uh, <laughs> well, it came up immediately, and then I noticed that one percent was saying, "Take the penalty." Yeah, and, and who, is the, who are these people that are taking the penalty? Like Andrea's grandmother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want her to feel bad. I'm just going to say it so that she doesn't feel bad about what she did last week. The detour one was even more awkward to me, and the detour one makes more sense. But they put it up as John's. In this detour, their choices will be pull or pump. And then all of a sudden, it's coming up 64% pull. I'm like, he hasn't even explained the challenge yet. Where are people getting this from? I mean, I can't watch it live. I'd love to do that just so I can see. If anybody out there is watching these live then and you're voting on these polls, tell us how this is working. Because I don't understand how you get the names of it. And all of a sudden, you already have 64% in favor of pull or pump. Yeah, it must be like three votes that are in early <laughs> that people just vote to like mess. Maybe people vote to mess up the things. Yeah. yeah. And just like skew it. So everyone tries to do pull it like 90 to 2 per like whatever, like some ridiculous thing. We want to test our listenership right now. If you are watching Amazing Race Canada live, go and vote in the next roadblock one and just put no, no matter what they say it is. Would you do this roadblock? Put no. Uh, we're going to see if we can get 
anything higher than 97 to 3%. If we get up to 4%, then we know we have 1% of the viewers of The Amazing Race Canada. That's our little math experiment for the week. Um, Ooh, I like this. Of course, it'll never happen. <laughs> Let's just I say, never know. We, we're very pleased with the downloads we had for last week. So Canada, good on you. Um, my favorite moment from, uh, well, there are tons of favorite moments. Like the, the roadblock really was the best challenge on here. My favorite moment was probably Megan or Courtney again. I can't tell the difference this quickly in the season. When my poor boobs are sweating. <laughs> just quote machines in this uh, season. Um, and also, I love the quote from Karen at the when the they get the little clue and it says who's the triple threat, mm-hmm. and I usually don't write down quotes, but this is one that really stood out to me. And Karen was like, "I can dance and sing and whatever the third one is," <laughs> which we found <laughs> so, out was what math. <laughs> I guess so. Um, <laughs> Even though there was no dancing or singing or acting or whatever. And we've always kind of watched Amazing Race, uh, you know, the U.S. version or even Canadian version. When they show those clues, it's vague. They'll give the you know, who's the triple threat. And then there's other stuff written below there, so you assume they know. But I swear I saw a shot of the entire clue, and all it said is, who's a triple threat? They're like, oh, that one's me. From what I know, it's that you get the little clue at the beginning that's like, who's a triple threat? Who's good under pressure or something mm-hmm. like that? And then they decide at that then point you open who's going to do it. And then you open it up and see what the full challenge is. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think I have seen that before. Um, maybe it's just because I didn't see anybody opening up on this one. I thought it was kind of weird. Um, what else we have? This this challenge was fantastic. It was great to watch. Uh, Dan saying, you know, if you don't finish this soon, I'm going to take you off of our YouTube channel was good. Uh, overall, do you think that this roadblock's an improvement over what we had last week, which I already forget what the challenges were. That's how forgettable they were. How how could you forget the Fairmont Hotel bungee cross or the light? Oh, that's right. I shouldn't have forgotten that. That one was good. That was the 150 challenge, too. Yeah. Come on, Colin. Which We'll get to the 150 challenge next, um, because that's even more confusing. But no, you're right. That one was the good challenge. The roadblocks are much stronger than the detours so far. We're only two episodes in, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Last week's roadblock versus this week's roadblock, which one did you prefer? Um, I like this one more. I think it was a little more dynamic. It was still physical. I feel like they were the same physically almost, but this one looked more fun. Um, but I was really shocked that a lot of the teams didn't see where people were pulling the clues from. Were they like, all maybe in the same just... spot? Yeah, I think so. Because I thought, I thought the ops, because there was, um, who was it that uh, Kenneth and Ryan helped in this? Oh, um... I think it was Karen. Yeah, if if, if it was Karen, the, I... I swear I heard him say, oh, yeah, I've seen, you know, two at least. One of them's over there or something like that. So I thought they were in different spots, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, the only reason I thought that they were in the same spot is because I remember seeing two teams pull the same color. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw one of the specific, like, that challenge where you had to climb the wall, like, and there were the pe- the holes where you could put your aren't hands and yeah. feet. Like, I saw two teams pull the same color from that area. Mm. So that was my only, that's what I thought they were. I mean, either way, the course is so complex, so messed up that yeah. you could say, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, 10 feet over there. And it's like, well, how am I going to get there? Um, the detour, on the other hand, not as exciting. First of all, I just want to say <laughs> uh, maybe there is something to them putting up the poles before <laughs> they show the detours. Because if you're on the website and it said, would you pump it or pull it? <laughs> I'm assuming people are answering a different question than what they think in this episode. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but hilarious naming of the detour. Uh, Pump it or pull it? Rossi, I'm not going to ask whether you'd rather pump it or pull it. But my question is, last week it was the roadblock that was the Canada 150 challenge. This week, I swear they ran through the uh, pull it, and then they said, and pump it is our Canada 150 challenge. Was I wrong, or were both of them technically the 150 challenge? Oh, I thought they were just highlighting the firefighting. That's what I thought. Yeah. So now we're two episodes in. We still haven't had an explanation as to what the 150 challenge is. I can't really see any similarities between walking a tightrope between buildings and fighting a fire. I mean, if I just saw this episode, I would assume a Canada 150 challenge is something that is showcasing something from Canada's history in this case you know the the fires in Fort McMurray but 
I don't see the connection to last week. So I guess we're still in the dark as to what Canada 150 is. Unless you're a better Canadian than I am and you have a theory. Um, I do have a theory. I'm not a better Canadian than you, probably. <laughs> but um, I think that they're just trying to give the most heroic challenge in the episode the 150 header. So if you're brave enough to cross the two buildings, mm-hmm. if you're brave enough to put out a fire... If you're brave enough to be a true Canadian, then that's what makes it a 150 challenge. But standing before the statue of Gassy Jack isn't something that takes bravery. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, between these two, which one did you find more interesting? I think I know which one you're going to answer. The firefighter one. I don't even know like the difference. Which, both could be considered pump. Because like, a it pump could, shotgun yeah. and then a pump for the uh, water. But the the... Both could have been pulled for that matter because they're pulling the hose and they're yeah. Yeah, pulling for the, the the shooting target thing, whatever. Yeah, but I like the firefighter one more because I think it gave us better moments. Yeah, it, it, um, it also was painfully obvious. And again, I love when the Amazing Race puts restrictions on only half of the teams can to do this detour, the other half to do this one. That's way more interesting when you have two challenges that people are divided on which one they want to pick. But I swear, the first half of the teams all picked the pump it one, the firefighting one. So we basically were just left with the other team saying, oh, I guess I have to do this one. Uh, um, Well, I was shocked that a lot of the teams went for that one because I was like, I don't want to do that. That seems so physically demanding. Like, I don't know why a lot of the teams, like, I was shocked that Megan and Courtney went for it. I was a little surprised Karen and Burt went for it. I was just, Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have confidence in their aim, but I was, like, shocked that that was full first. Like, I thought that the shotgun one would be full first. Maybe there's some type of bonus for completing Canada 150 challenges. Who knows? Uh, I, don't, I thought that it sounded more interesting. It's kind of like the bicycle uh, ball and mallet game, whatever that was we still haven't uh, determined from last week. It just sounds boring, and I don't know how exciting it sounds. Just shoot some clay targets in the air. Uh, I don't think we really, like you said, not a lot of great moments in the shooting one, uh, other than the fact that Andrea blew Adam away. Was it Adam and Andrea in that one, or am I mistaken? No, they did that. Yeah, where she just nails it on the first one, and then he's like, miss, miss, miss. Uh, other than and then that, also, I liked um, Dan and Rhea, how like Dan was like, I don't get it. <laughs> what do I say? And then all of a sudden, he's like a sharpshooter and gets three yeah. in a row. And it was like, what? Yeah, and I'll mention it now just because I guess we won't have much else to talk about the uh, the shooting challenge. But him, after he finishes it, and he's like, I'm the sniper. No one can ever mess with me. And then he bumps into his door. Oh, wait, I have to open the car door. <laughs> just a brilliant moment. Uh, obviously, you've watched this episode now, listeners, so you know that they're the team that's eliminated. But I'm kind of sad just because I think we had a lot of personality out of them. Uh, I think that we probably could have seen even more. It's kind of like the Amazing Race, you know, YouTube season they had where they're a little bit too on their game on TV. But, I mean, a moment like that, like, he probably was planning it, but it was still funny to me. You know, I'm sad that they're gone because they were funny. Yeah. Uh, And they're not the only funny team on here. Who would have thought that Bert and Karen were as funny? Who would have thought Karen would be the funny one between Bert and Karen? But in the hose challenge, the pump it one... Where she's like, I'm the one with the bigger hose right now, <laughs> Bert. <laughs> and then they were yelling back and forth. She's like, stop pulling it. And yeah. like, I need this. Like, that was just yeah, like classic back and forth. Yeah. I Right now, I'm putting them up there with Andrea and Ebony and uh, the Kenneth and Ryan teams as my three favorite easily. Like, I love Bert and Karen so far. They're, they have potential to be the next Brian and Cynthia as far as I'm concerned. Agreed, said Rossi. Uh, just muted. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not going <laughs> to comment on any Brian and Cynthia. Oh, come on. We love Brian and Cynthia. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, let's not make it a we. It's a you. <laughs> How can you not love Brian and Cynthia? Brian and Cynthia, come back like... on the show. We want to talk to you about the amazing race. Um, who else did we have on here? Uh... Oh, that's sad. I'm going to be out of town when you're planning that <laughs> podcast. Oh, if we had Joey and Megan, maybe you'd be on, right? Yeah, I'll be clear. Okay. Um, who was it that got lost in this one? I felt there were a couple of teams who were really far behind. Was It, it was Adam and Andrea who were lost on the way to the, the challenge too, wasn't it? Yeah, they got way behind because for some reason they were 
I don't know what happened when after they left the airport. Like, that was a weird mess because, like, as I'm remembering it, I could be a little bit fuzzy, but there were, like, four teams that got there right away. Mm-hmm. And then you had, like, a two, two minutes pass, and then the girls show up. And then, like, it was, like, a good, like, ten minutes before anyone else showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really weird. And it didn't seem like it was that far, like, remote. But, like, it was so confusing for t- I-, I didn't follow and there was one moment i can't remember if it was adam and andrea that this happened to but when the teams who were at the back were all like all right let's just all go together and then they lost them and maybe that's why they fell so far behind but i mean they breezed through the the shooting challenge so uh it helped them you have to wonder though they're promoting the chevy silverado <laughs> rossi chevy silverado well i was gonna mention this earlier but the 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 car that they list on the website is not the car that they win. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Which is the most confusing thing. Like, I, I did not understand. Like, And they were driving a third car mm-hmm. during the episode, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I, what are they promoting here? I mean, here? Chevy just must be the overall sponsor, and they just throw every car they have out there. Um, I hope they had one with GPS in it, because I don't know how... Adam and Andrea got lost if they don't have GPS in the Chevy Silverado. Uh, what's the actual car that you win on this one? I don't actually know because it's not the t- it's not the car that's. Oh no, what? Is it the Silverado? Doing, well, there is the Silverado, but there was another car that we read about talking yeah, about last week. Yeah, that was week. The, the one last week. Have they pulled that from the website? Okay, last episode I remember talking about the silver, the whatever tracks. Yeah, it was the tracks. I'm only clicking on the when I see the teams. All I'm getting is the Silverado now. Maybe it's gonna be a different one every week. Are they getting like all these cars? <laughs> you will win eleven cars for eleven episodes. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have some fun car facts on the end here because we love Chevy here on the Oz Network, uh, as we love Mentos, and I don't think we can find a way to incorporate Mentos into this episode. <laughs> we'll start. Well, we're with gonna them. be driving our Silverado to the airport when we take our Cinerama trip yeah. to Asia <laughs> and we'll need the Mentos on the flight so that we don't get bad breath. All on our BMO cashback MasterCard. <laughs> it's way better than I can't do that. The first season that they had that in where it was like the world's longest name. It was like BMO special <laughs> extraordinaire elite global, like... global golden platinum MasterCard. Yeah, they've at least toned it down a little bit. Uh, how did Megan and Courtney pull ahead? Like, I swear I blinked and they went from last to first. Did I miss something here? What happened with them? Um, they were the first ones to finish the roadblock and they stayed ahead the whole time. Just get a little boob sweat under you and that'll put the fire going. That's, I guess. <laughs> that was impressive. I have no idea how that happened, but I'm, I'm way more impressed with them now after this episode than I was last week. I still don't quite see the appeal in them as characters the way that you do but i mean i still think they're fun uh i I'm, I'm really scratching my head i don't know how that happened with them um what else did we have on here i mentioned dan you know running into the car door <laughs> oh i have to open the door uh the helicopter one i was so excited they're like helicopters i'm like yes this is gonna be amazing and they get this great helicopter ride but they have to do mathematic calculations <laughs> on how much fuel it can hold oh uh this was as bad as it gets as far as I'm concerned. This was really boring because the only moments we even had in this episode that were slightly entertaining was every time a team was like, you know, I'm really good at math. You know, I'm an elementary school teacher. You know, Sam's a math guy. Oh. I thought it worked well for Megan and Courtney. For Megan and Courtney only. I just thought it was so random like that they were like out of, they don't seem like math type and all of a sudden she's Mm -hmm. like, well, she's like this blah 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 chemist and like it does this a lot of math in her line of work yeah i just thought that was funny just like have that like contrast of her as a character yeah but yeah like the elementary school teacher and the the mom of four knows math and it's like (laughs) i don't care about that and and seriously i i said at the beginning of the episode that i swear there was a moment where i really like sam and paul there wasn't uh and i'm not saying i dislike them don't want to you know uh have anybody get angry at us and not want to come on the show later because we'd love to have you sam and paul by the end of the season but it wasn't even a moment. It was just one note I have on them. The entire episode, the only note I had was Sam's a math guy. That's all I had on this whole episode. 
Uh, yeah, here the one there was one thing in this episode. I have to point it out now, and people need to go back and watch it. I think it was when Sam and Paul got through this. They have the guy, and I always hate in the Amazing Race when you complete these challenges and you have the person say, "Congratulations, here's your clue," and they'll do like a direct shot facing that person, which is of course completely impossible because the camera is not mounted in Sam and Paul's face to capture that shot. So it's clearly something they filmed beforehand and then they're like, okay, let's insert this shot. But watch when Sam and Paul complete this challenge. They cut to the guy who's shown this entire challenge with glasses who goes, congratulations, here's your clue. And then it cuts away and there's a completely different guy standing there wearing sunglasses. Like the shots didn't even match up and I caught it more than once in this episode. I don't know if maybe it was the same guy and he just put sunglasses on for a different shot, but man, really sloppy. D did you catch that, or am I crazy? Am I watching this too closely? I don't think I pay attention that much. I'm just so bothered by these whole, here's your clue, from the camera mounted in the eyeball of Ebony and Andrea. Ugh, I hate it. Unless they had GoPros on. <laughs> Maybe they did. They're, but if they did, they'd have some sponsorship from GoPro, which uh, we... Unless they're doing it illegally. <laughs> We uh, look forward to the day when we can record video of us talking on Skype on our GoPros here on the Oz Network. Uh, I think that was even more awkward than the Mentos one. <laughs> We're getting better at this. Okay. Um, yeah, the Karen and um, Kenneth and Ryan, when they bartered for the Express Pass, this is what I was talking about earlier where it worked out for the better that they just got all three of them and that they did announce it because had they not screamed out, I got my express pass, then there wouldn't have been this moment where Karen, you know, who's brilliant in this challenge, she just goes right through it, just goes up and says, we know you guys have the express pass. Give it to us and we'll get you through this. It was an absolutely brilliant moment played by Karen. Uh, she may end up being the star. I mean, I'm not saying anything against Bert, but... Karen may end up being the star of this team because, like, she's playing a really smart game on the race. She's also hilarious. Uh, when I say Karen and Bert's my favorite team, right now I'm favoring Karen over, what's his name, Dirt Gritty, <laughs> whose song of the week is Eulogy. Look up Dirt Gritty's Eulogy on YouTube. But uh, tell me how you feel like this played out. We talked about the beginning of this with the Express Pass, the Triple Express Pass. How did you like how it played out here and how Karen leveraged uh, her skills in math? Um... I feel like this whole thing could have been avoided for the guys. Like, I feel like um, Karen and Bert would have been nice enough to, like, actually, like, help. No, that's like, not the dirt gritty I know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they would have been willing to help even if they didn't have an express pass. Maybe. So I feel like, I feel, I feel like that uh, to an extent, like in a simple math problem where there's so many teams behind them, like, I feel like they would have just helped out anyway and I but I'm like super yay for Karen because she was able to just get the express pass like yeah. off like a nothing challenge like that was such a simple challenge yeah it must have been hard for the guys but it was so simple that like really easy like and I feel like the guys were a little stupid and just giving it away uh well I mean they really had their hands tied because if you look at their position where they'd slipped in this race Last week, Kenneth and Ryan were first place. This week, they came in fifth. And the only reason they came in fifth because of that, let's say it took them even longer. They could have been seventh, eighth place. They could have been the ones fighting it out with Dan and Rhea at the end of this. So I think that it was a, a no-brainer for them to offer it, especially since they have one more still to give away. And they did say that they would uh, you know, weigh their options going forward, which is, of course, the smart way to do it. But, um, no, I thought that it was uh, the best choice for them. And I think also, you know, we're, we're even critical about when people take the penalties like uh, Ebony and Andrea last week. But if you take a penalty, sometimes it's just because you're in a challenge and you know, okay, this is not my strong suit here. I, I, if I were on The Amazing Race with my wife and we had a math challenge, you know, for me, I would be like, okay, I get this. I don't even have to have a calculator. I can just figure out math like that most of the time. Her, she's going to be like, no, no, I don't get this at all. Let's take a penalty. Sometimes I guess you just know you're not going to complete it. Maybe Kenneth and Ryan are not your math guys. They're just uh, loud <laughs> one-liner kings. That's uh, When you get the loud scream your one-liner challenge, then they're going to be the ones leveraging it. 
Um, I guess, though, like to in your argument's defense, like I'm saying it was an okay move, mm-hmm. they do have to give up the express passes by the end of next leg, the end of next episode. Yeah, because it's the third, which is pretty soon. Usually when you have express yeah. passes, you win it in the first episode. Okay, you have to the end of week three or even week four. But yeah, they have one week to give it away. I guess that comes with the fact that they have three and like they can only use one. Mm-hmm. One other moment, uh, the, the check-in point here with the, I don't know if he was a fire marshal or something like that. Uh, this guy flubbed his line <laughs> and kept it in the show. Again, you have a million takes of the wrong guy saying, congratulations, here's your clue. You could have done a retake when John is like, welcome to Fort McMurray. And then he's like, may I present whoever? He goes, hi, welcome to Fort Murray. I don't know, maybe that's what it's called locally or something like that. But as far as I know, it's Fort McMurray. And this guy, who is the most important person they could find there, called it, hi, welcome to Fort Murray. I doubt many people caught that. It's just another one of those moments where it's like, come on, do a second take. Um, Let's run through the teams here. First place to last place. Uh, Give quick opinions on how we're feeling. You gave quick opinions last week on whether we like them, we can combine that this week, but more talk about what our chances are now that we've seen two weeks worth of these teams. Megan and Courtney go from dead last last week, obviously not dead last because they weren't eliminated, but of the teams remaining dead, dead last, all the way up to first. Megan and Courtney, how do you think they're going to go going forward on this race? What are their chances of making it to the end? Um, I worry a little bit um, just because I'm thinking of last season and from Kelly and Kate, who was like a kind of, who remind me of them just in the fact that they're a little bit of out of place and the fact that they're not the most physically fit or whatever. And those girls won a leg and then immediately eliminated after. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if these challenges that aren't suited toward them and they start losing or they start placing lower and lower and eventually get eliminated. I guess it depends really that like the first episode they did horribly, but this episode they we're rock stars. So it's going to be a really big marker to tell which was the fluke. Yeah. Was the win the fluke or was the lo- the loss of the first episode of fluke? And I so love it's really we, kind of up in the air with them. I love when we have those teams. It's funny because I hadn't thought to compare them to Kelly and Kate, but you're completely right because Kelly and Kate were basically in the same position. They were dead last two weeks in a row. And then they came out of nowhere and they became one of the top teams. And they had the same thing happen where they ended up going from under the elimination went from first to last again they're just all over the place i think with kelly and kate i kind of went into it having no faith in them and even when they were placing higher i still didn't really have as much faith in them whereas now i can see okay well if they could get through that very complicated course as quickly as they did and let's also not forget the roadblock was right at the beginning they maintained their lead straight through the whole episode So I think that shows something. Uh, I would lean more towards them being a middle-of-the-road season. I don't... uh, I always say season. (laughs) Middle-of-the-road team. um, But uh, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic. I don't think that they're going to crash and burn next week or anything. Uh, Andrea and Ebony, we already talked about a little bit earlier. Let's just quickly uh, opinion on uh, what their chances are going forward. You mentioned your preseason picks on them. Do you still think they have a lot of chances? Uh, was it just a fluke last week with the penalty? Because think about it. Last week, the penalty isn't what cost them. I mean, they would have been one of the top teams without it. Well, depending on how fast they got the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first challenge that they threw. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I definitely see them doing really well. Um, they've shown prowess in a variety of challenges i do wonder if the more methodical challenges will slow them down based on the morse code that they spent five minutes on and gave (laughs) up so i'm wondering if there's a challenge kind of like that where that test is your patience Mm -hmm. where they could fall and i could see that but i don't see them being eliminated anytime soon unless a a surprise u-turn or whatever comes into play I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they could win this whole thing without much competition. I think they're a strong enough team, uh, just from what we've seen so far. And they did learn very quickly from that penalty. But I still stand by, you know, what I said last week, and maybe it is controversial, that the way that they used that penalty to their advantage, uh, I think, did work out, especially. And maybe they didn't know about the flights, but I still maintain that that was uh, probably the smart choice for them. Sam and Paul, we talked about them as much as we could in this episode. 
competitively, I guess we haven't seen. It's like you said, you know, if they're just sort of in the middle, you don't see them as much. I don't know if we've even seen enough of them to determine if they're good on this race or not, or if they work together. But two weeks in a row, top four team the first week, top three the second week, I guess they're doing okay going forward. Yeah, I don't see them slowing down. Like, I could only see them... I feel like at this point, the worst that they could get is sixth place on a leg. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see them struggling. Karen and Bert... um... Again, kind of, I guess, around the middle each time. But I feel like we're seeing them struggle a lot. And maybe it's because they are that team that's ready to explode at each other. They're going to be the fun, arguing couple. Uh, that's just the impression I'm getting off observing them the first two episodes where everybody's kind of on their best behavior. But it seems like they're going to butt heads a little bit. And it also seems like, you know, they're doing really well right now. But for whatever reason, I feel like it, it, it comes across like they struggle in these challenges or maybe they're just really good. They're these types of characters where them struggling makes for good TV, so let's show them more, whereas other people, they don't really give away enough. But uh, what are your opinions on Karen and Bird? How do you think they're going to go? Uh, I don't know. I, I worry just because in the first episode, I think Karen at one point said, I'm too tired to do the challenge. You do it. <laughs> Um, which just so makes her that much more awesome. I'm gonna say. I mean, that was that was funny. Like I, I but I, it as a racer that mm. that gives concern. Um, I don't know how much confidence I'll have in them coming forward. I feel like they could struggle at one challenge um, and be saved because they have an express pass, but then another challenge will kill them. I I just don't think they're long. Uh, Kenneth and Ryan, they, I don't know, it was really the one challenge that kind of killed them this week, I guess, um, because they got the express pass. It's hard to look at a team who came in fifth place and then say, oh, they were great this week, but they really were. For them to get all those express passes, I think that alone, uh, did we hear on this episode how long you have to use the express pass? I don't think so. That's an interesting question, though. Yeah. But I feel like it would go to at least six, seven. And also, they could have used the Express Pass on that math challenge, the the fuel math challenge, if they wanted to. Um, and I think they were smart enough to realize, well, there's another option here. It's funny because the way the scenes played, it looks like Karen's approaching them, but it also looked like Kenneth and Ryan walked up to them. So maybe a tricky editing there. It could have been where Kenneth and Ryan actually said, hey, we got a proposition, and then you know she responded in a certain way. But I don't know I, I, I kind of think that both of those teams were smart in working together, and I think that they, they're going to be smart in how they play the race too, kind of like Karen and Bert. So I'd love to see them go much further. Uh, maybe not be like the stars of every single episode, but they're still a fun team to me. Um, yeah, I like them a lot. I just, they seem like a team that's, one of the more likely guarantees to make the final three in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see them winning just because that final challenge, I feel like they would not have the memory yeah. or the recollect, like the ideas to record things patience down or whatever. Too. Can we see yeah. them being able to handle a challenge that requires a lot of patience? I don't think I can. Not at all. Uh, how about so I think that toward the end that they're going to flounder a bit. Yeah. Zed and Shabir, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe we don't see enough of them. I feel like they should be bigger characters, and I feel like they should be more entertaining than they are, and I'm not really saying anything against them because when they are shown, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of fun. You know, I liked watching Shabir get completely lost on it. Uh, I like that Zed called him shabby or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're all kind of the opposite of Kenneth and Ryan, whereas Kenneth and Ryan... You're like, okay, I, you know, we're seeing enough of them right now. Don't overdo it. With Zed and Shabir, I'm like, why aren't you showing them more? They, they feel like they should be a bigger team to me. Yeah, no, they are, but they're not enough. Like, not enough. Because there was a funny moment at the shotgun thing where, or when they were in the confessional and it's like, I've never shot a gun and neither has he. No, I have. Oh, he has. <laughs> like, and like, they're a very close family. <laughs> like, that that was funny, like, but why aren't they, like, I feel like they're not being shown, mm -hmm. and they were smart in the episode, so I guess, like, if you do well, you don't get shown. Yeah. And it's not as much drama. I mean, that's why we saw so much of Aaron and Deb last week, and uh, you know, Dan and Rhea this week. Um, 
Adam and Andrea, there's something about them that's kind of fun to me, and I don't think they stand out. They're, they're kind of just a generic team, but I'm really entertained by them, and they definitely seem to struggle this week. It's funny because it shows how quickly things can change up on the race, that it almost seemed like from the beginning this is going to be Corey and Ivana and Dan and Rhea who are going, but like Adam and Andrea, they were the ones so far behind at the beginning, and there was even another point, I feel, during the detour where I think they were even more far behind, but... It was really between those three teams to me, and it's fun. It's obvious that those were the the bottom three teams. But uh, Adam and Andrea, it, I, I don't feel like there was any way they were going this week because we just kind of like Zed and Shabir, we haven't seen enough of them. Uh, I don't see them lasting too long in the race, sadly. Yeah, I definitely worry, especially because Andrea got that um, leg shout out, like her her injury report came up. Mm-hmm during the challenge and she's like now i'm going to be more confident and i'm like well that probably is not going to go well for you with Corey and ivana we've really talked about all we saw in this episode uh, not an exciting team i honestly thought it was a dead get the first note i wrote when she told her story is okay Corey and ivana are gone this week uh especially when it looked like it was a race between them and dan and Rhea. i thought to myself there's no way dan and Rhea are gone because we haven't seen that much of them in comparison to what we've seen of some other teams. And you would think these YouTube, you know, uh, creators, the creators of all of YouTube, uh, that they would be huge characters. And I, now when I look back, I'm like, okay, we did see a lot of them. Maybe they just weren't, like, going too over the top of their personality. But I thought it was a dead giveaway that there's no way Dan and Rhea would be gone since they didn't factor that much into this episode. Whereas Corey and Ivana, it almost seemed like, it was their time to leave just because she got her sob story and then nothing else. I'm like, well, what else is there to tell with them? Uh, I'm not sure that Corey and Ivana are really going to be stars. They obviously did great last week. Uh, being personal trainers can only take you so far in the race. What really happened with them this week? I don't know. It was just travel, I guess. That I think and... when we had those teams that fell behind, maybe we didn't see enough of that, but that's... I think part of the problem this episode because we keep asking well what really happened with these teams and maybe there just wasn't the footage to show why these people fell behind because it, it just all seems confusing about why we had the bottom three that we had this week yeah they seem like teams that wouldn't have been there normally but i guess travel killed them all mm-hmm. uh so dan and ria uh parting thoughts on them i thought that they were going to go a lot further than this even in this episode I'm still saying that the editing to me felt like, you know, there's no way they were going because we would see a lot more of them. Kind of disappointed we didn't. Uh, any parting thoughts on Dan and Rhea? Sad to see the YouTube creators go. Yeah, they had so much to offer in terms of humor and characters. I wish that they were better racers. Uh, we're gonna have some fun facts about them here. Uh, I love. I mentioned last week on the team pages for the Amazing Race website that they have these little pop-ups that are awkwardly placed just on random spots on their body. So Dan's right shoulder says, my dream vacation would be to go to Bora Bora with my family or Rhea. Dan's right forearm says, the soundtrack to my life is High School Musical 3. Ugh, I'm so sorry, Dan. Um, <laughs> uh, Rhea's left armpit, I guess, says the last movie that made me cry was John Q six years ago. John Q's a really old movie. She was late to the party on John Q there, but that's the only movie that made her cry. And I love that she put six years ago. Like, she's obviously... We'll find out in a second why that is. And, I don't know, her left hip, maybe lower rib cage. my celebrity spirit animal is Mindy Kaling. Uh, fun facts about Dan and Rhea, who you could find their YouTube channel, uh, among many other YouTube channels that they were creators of, I guess. Dan and Rhea are both competitive, have huge egos, or big egos, they say, and fight about who is funnier, smarter, and more attractive. Dan is more emotional, obviously why Rhea uh, didn't cry in six years, admitting that he'll be the first to cry or lose his temper, whereas Rhea is more controlled. Although they bicker and tease each other constantly, they also trust each other completely. It's kind of disappointing to read these after the fact, because when they say things like that Dan's way more emotional... And that he'll be the first one to cry or lose his temper. I'm like, we didn't get any of that on here. And that they tease each other constantly. Okay, we did get that, especially in their, I guess, their final video. You know, they take a lot of shots at each other, which is funny. I'm actually really excited to start watching some of their YouTube videos. I didn't have a chance this week because I thought that I uh, would have had more time with uh, them on the race. But, uh, I don't know, fun characters. Um, Rossi, just out of curiosity, 
what is the last movie that made you cry? I don't know. Uh, I don't have an answer. Mine was more than six years ago, I think, uh, because I don't think a movie's ever made me cry, to be honest. Uh, maybe, I don't know, the disappointment of Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Uh, I'm on a Planet of the Apes kick right now, so that's the only answer I have. Uh, let's go along with our final questionnaires here. So these are the ones that are filled out in their own handwriting. Uh, Rhea says, my favorite movie is Life of Pi. I love that. I love Life of Pi. Have you ever seen Life of Pi? No. You need to watch it. It's so good. Uh, my nickname is Riri. Uh, my hero is myself. <laughs> well, it worked out for you, didn't it? Oh, I love that. Um, in a movie, I'd be portrayed by Priyanka Chopra. Uh, I can kind of see it. The soundtrack to my life is High School Musical 3. Wow. This must be like an inside joke or something They're that really we're not into high school a music. part of. Yeah. My favorite emoji is the burger emoji. They actually got it right this week. They have a burger emoji on there. Yeah. And my top road trip song is Hilary Duff's Metamorphous album. An album is not a song, Rhea. My favorite uh, top road trip song is an entire album. So I guess all we know about her is that she is her own hero and that she doesn't play, play by anybody else's rules. All right, you can read Dance. My celebrity crush is Demi Lovato. Okay. My nickname is Dan, or DK, like Donkey Kong. Uh, In a movie, I'd be portrayed by Zac Efron. (laughs) I don't think I see that one. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I see him being portrayed by Demi Lovato, funny enough, maybe with a beard. Um, My favorite emoji is the smirk or the eggplant. And then again, they do not have the correct emoji on the side. Um, Is there an eggplant emoji? Yes. Okay. But they don't have it there. Send it to me after the episode's over. (laughs) Um, When I was young, I played tennis, which I don't know why we care about. But um, (laughs) The last movie that made him cry was A Walk to Remember. Probably six days ago, not six years. And when I win The Amazing Race, well didn't work out um my next road trip will be to la what was the race that the um megan and courtney won this this week not the, the race. race the race they won um, the the trip they won on uh coming in first yeah. new zealand new zealand yeah maybe they can uh you know crash at nick's house or something like that when they're there but hey i mean maybe he heard that la was going to be one of the races they give it or why do i keep calling it a race I'm going to stop prizes Prizes they give away on the race. Uh, yeah, so there you go, Dan and Rhea. I thought they were fun. Uh, it's, again, sad when you read these questionnaires because they probably did have more to give on the race. Uh, lots of crying when they sit down and they watch the John Q. Walk to Remember double feature challenge. That would have been fun. Uh, I guess that's all we have to talk about this week. A preview for next week. Did anything stand out to you? I've already forgotten the preview for next week. I didn't watch it. Okay. Um, we have nothing to talk about next week. We won't be here. Uh, maybe if it's a non-elimination leg, we won't be here. But uh, either way, overall, uh, we didn't do this last week, but I guess we're supposed to. So let's cover two weeks' worth right here. So we get the categories. Do we buy this episode? Do we rent it or do we bin it? Let's do episode one first. Brossy, buy it, rent it, bin it. This should be obvious. Gotta bin that. You gotta bin, bin that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we're binning an episode that we felt compelled to spend an hour and 12 minutes at least talking about last week. But yeah, bin it's fair for episode one. Episode two, buy it, rent it, bin it. Um, uh, I don't know. You answer, I'll think. I'm going with rent it. Uh, I'm not really ecstatic about re-watching this episode, but if it were on, I'd probably fast forward to watch some of my favorite one-liners. Uh, overall, I think it's just an okay episode. I'd rent it. I'll buy the roadblock and then I'll rent the rest. <laughs> okay, so you're buying 15 minutes of an episode and then renting the remaining 45. Yeah. All right. Uh, you're going to put that all on your BMO cashback MasterCard, aren't you? Actually, uh, you know, I'm just going to bin it at that rate. <laughs> you don't want to use BMO. BMO. That's how opposed you are to using BMO cashback MasterCard. You're now I'll, binning it. I'll, I will bin my BMO MasterCard. <laughs> all right. Um, Rossi, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, whether you're pumping it or pulling it, you're always providing good entertainment. So thank you for being here. Thanks. And my name is Colin, and I am Dirt Gritty's number one fan. We'll talk to you next week about more Canada 150.
Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.